up, we thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is happening in the kitchen, that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. Christopher, do you know how I know that we are old men? It's not the gray hair on our heads or the aches nope, in it's our not bodies that. or the couple it's decades since either. we graduated from high school or... Nor that. Oh, man. The fact that I love going to bed by nine. It's not that My either. weekends are filled with house projects and hanging out with the kids. Nope. Okay, I'm lost. Nope. It's because if you go back and listen to every episode on this podcast that we have, we tend to talk about the weather. And guess what, Chris? It might snow here. Like by the time this episode releases, it might actually be snowing in Charleston. We have a 30% chance as of right now. Uh, Let's see. looks Looks like Friday it might snow. So that's cool. We like to talk about the weather. Yeah. And how can you not when you might have snow in the forecast? That's pretty exciting, Phil, I think. Probably. I'm sure it's exciting for you. Because old men talk about the weather. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the thing they do, yeah. isn't it? I guess. What else do old men talk about, Phil? Sunny. Snow in the forecast. That was my, uh, what was that family guy uh, character? Uh, his name. Was it, was it, was it Lester? <laughs> Lester the molester. <laughs> uh, I, I think it might be Lester. Remember. Maybe, Phil. Maybe. Great, great character. <laughs> really upstanding guy. I'd love to talk about the weather. Phil, we could talk about the weather. We could probably talk about the weather all day long because we've had some weird weather here. It's been super, super warm. But that's not exactly what we uh, had on deck today. Yeah, we could talk about it, but we shouldn't talk about it. Yeah. Do you want to just change gears and talk about the weather all all uh, episode long? It would make our lives easier because it's just like throwing darts. Sure. Yeah. Know? Or we could talk about MSG. Oh, like the flavoring? What is that? I'm sure there are probably other MSGs like Madison Square Garden. Oh, that's one of my favorite MSGs. Yeah, yeah. But uh, monosodium glucamate is another MSG that we could talk about, and it actually is food-related. Yeah, it's like a uh, a flavor enhancer, I've been told. Yeah, yeah. Also, I don't know, maybe like a causer of various ailments like headaches and fatigue and asthma. That's that's what uh, the internet says. No, that's not what the... You know, oh, Chris, here's your full circle. That's what the old men say. So MSG is something that has gotten a bad rap, Phil. You know, we see various packaged foods and they might have a no MSG label. And we think of that as like good and healthy and something to aspire to, to buy. We, we, we want to buy it because it doesn't have MSG. But like, is MSG really that bad? Where does it come from? What does it do? Uh, those are all kind of questions that I had and it actually made me think, oh, I, that should be something that we actually talk about. Together, Phil, you and I talk about yeah. this thing. So MSG, what is it? You mentioned it is, it's like a flavor it enhancer. Very, yeah, well, it's, it's definitely like a buzzword, like you said. It has been, yeah. It totally makes me think of, what, what was it? I, we, had, we had an organic foods episode mm-hmm. and I feel like we were... Kind of like talking about this whole idea that people will say it's organic. like for Organic really, foods and GMOs. No reason yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Like you might have, you might have organic marshmallows. Cotton. 
I don't, yeah. I don't know. You could you could literally, and I, I swear to you, I saw this once. You can go to a Christmas tree farm and you can buy the res- regular Christmas trees for $90 or you can go across the street and you can buy the organic Christmas trees for like $190. I, for one, would probably choose the one that's not organic because I don't think I want pests in my house. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I guess there's some valid reasoning there, Phil. There is. Yeah, no, I think... I. Th- I think the no MSG thing is definitely a little bit of like that same type of health food buzzed word, idea, phrase. You know, MSG started to get this bad rap in like the late 60s when a guy wrote a letter to a New York City newspaper claiming to have gotten a headache after eating at a Chinese food restaurant. And Chinese food was this new kind of exotic thing that was just emerging and they're in new york yeah 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 well yeah like it well, been around. and and maybe honestly like american chinese food was just emerging too i don't know um that, oh, that sure. might be a topic for a different story but yeah in in uh america the consumption of you know this this type of ethnic bent food was new and there came about this whole idea from this article and all of these anecdotal accounts that there was this Chinese restaurant syndrome and it got linked to MSG. Basically, people were saying that MSG caused headaches and fatigue and other kind of like minor annoyances, asthma, we don't need to breathe. And again, was like all kind of anecdotal. It was like, oh, I think I feel a headache coming on. And I had Chinese food for lunch. They must be related. Yeah. It, you know what, Chris? I feel like I'm at my best when I have Chinese food or, or any type of Asian food. Actually, I had sushi for lunch and I had a ton of energy afterward. <laughs> so canceled. This dude. Yep. He's canceled. He's wrong. A- 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 anyone in the 60s is wrong. Probably. Probably. They can keep their cold weather and... That's right. Okay, so question the next is, what is MSG, Phil? Okay, what is MSG? What is MSG? What? What is? What is? MSG? Monosodium glutamate. Okay, so let's see here. Uh, Mono, mono, mono. Okay, mono is like like singular, right? Sodium. Bad probably sickness. That's probably where they something. Yeah, the kissing disease. Okay, virus. I like this better. So uh, MSG, you get it from kissing, and you get it from uh, some salt from someone who just ate salt. Yeah, yeah. like if, sodium. if you just had some fries and didn't wipe the salt off your lips, you can give someone MSG. Yeah, or like if you kissed a cow that just ate a salt lick. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then the glutamate. I don't know. Isn't that like your like your thigh? Yep. Like your Perfect. rear end. Exactly. Uh, so M- MSG, it's it's actually like a naturally occurring thing, Phil. It's it's the sodium salt of this uh, amino acid called glutamic acid, and it is found in a lot of foods that we eat naturally, Phil. So that that no MSG tag that we were talking about, uh, it means no added MSG. And so things that like don't have that tag, oftentimes they'll have MSG like naturally occurring in them. So interesting things like cheese, Parmesan cheese especially has a lot of MSG meats like fish, pork. Oh, thank God. I love Parmesan cheese. Made it by the block. Tomatoes and tomato sauce have a lot of MSG as well. A lot of vegetables, carrots, things like that. They all have MSG. Interesting. Okay. So how do you add it then? 
Like, do you like, like squeeze out the juice of a tomato and put it in your stir fry? Like, where, how can you add more of it? Yeah. And so it's this added MSG that is like the, the, the thing, Phil. And I guess we, we kind of go back a little ways to figure out kind of where that came from. 1908, this Japanese professor, Professor Akita, wanted to figure out what made this, this Japanese seaweed broth, dashi, taste so good. It had this just like this great savory umami flavor. And he figured out how to probably like some combination of of drying and extracting this flavor enhancer compound. And he filed a patent on it, figured out a way to commercially produce it. And the next year, his MSG product was on the shelves and it was literally extracted from seaweed broth. And so now we we do have this this compound that we can add to dishes to increase that umami flavor. And it's it's something like pretty similar to salt. There is an Asian market near my house called H&L. H&L, not H&L. And H&L. No. It's, it's what comes before. So you go to the you go to H&L before you go to the H&M. Exactly, yeah. Probably. But then do you go to the H&N afterwards? Uh, H&L, market. In fact, here's a really good date idea. You can take $20, cut it down the middle, give 10 to your significant other, to your SO, and keep 10 for yourself and say, okay, SO. You can buy anything in the store that you want, 10 bucks. And whatever you come up with, we'll either like, we'll make a dinner out of it or we'll use it to shoot fireworks. I don't know. It's, it, there's just some fun stuff at the H&L market and it's a good date place. And down one of the aisles, Chris, I noticed the other day, a bag of MSG. And I was like, how can you bag a concept? Cause I, I, I thought like MSG was really just like this abstract idea. I mean, I knew it was a thing, but I didn't know it was like a quantifiable thing, yeah. but it was like a white powder. So this is the MSG. This must be Mr. Akita's Invention? Discovery. Discovery. He didn't invent it because it is in so many things that we eat. And honestly, we eat a lot of it naturally. We eat like 13 grams a day of glutamic acid and maybe only like a half a gram of this extracted MSG. Yeah, it is It is something that he discovered. There have been a lot of misconceptions about it. You can buy it. I think a lot of people thought of it maybe as like a preservative almost. And it's not. It's it's this naturally occurring flavor enhancing amino acid. If MSG was a preservative, they're obviously not putting it in the Chinese food, because have you ever left Chinese food in your car overnight? No good, huh? No good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's not, Phil. It's not. And because of the controversy surrounding it, there have been a lot of studies on it. Everybody from the FDA on. And there really hasn't been a single study that has shown a link between MSG and any negative health side effects. None. So none zero this, this whole Chinese restaurant syndrome came about in a time where, you know, maybe people weren't too fond of new things. I'm not saying that they were racist, but there was a little bit of xenophobia, potentially. I think we can read between the lines. Yeah. So uh, there's just like this fear of the unknown, fear of something new. And MSG kind of took a hit because of that, Phil. And uh Yeah. It's not so bad. So go go eat some MSG. Oh, that's like super interesting, super fascinating. I I guess to one degree, I'm not all that surprised because you know we do have a we do have a blotch in our American history and our xenophobia. Nobody's perfect. But on the other hand, I'm just like so surprised. 
like this, this is one of those outer body experiences that like, wait, like my whole life I've been told that it causes headaches. And yeah, I, I think I believed it. Chris, I, I guilty as charged. I have consciously avoided the ramen that didn't say no MSG. Okay, Phil. So now, now, now that we are maybe a little bit more open and accepting of MSG, how might we go about using it? You said that you saw it in the Asian market and you just buy it. You can like literally buy a bottle of MSG if you wanted to. Yeah. I'm fairly certain it's sold by the pound. And by the pound, you should eat it, Phil. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you eat Parmesan cheese by the pound. And when I say you, I mean me. Probably. Yeah. I'm not I'm not above eating Parmesan cheese by the pound, Phil, especially with a glass of wine. But uh, yeah, MSG, actually, you probably don't want to eat by the pound. Uh, it's actually really similar to salt in how you use it, Phil. So MSG is, you know, we, we've mentioned that it's a flavor enhancer. So it, it is thought to kind of make our umami flavor uh, receptors in our tongue a little bit more sensitive. So it in that way, kind of acts like salt. You know, like uh, there's that idea that if you put salt on a, on watermelon, it's going to taste better. It's, it's enhancing the flavor. It's not necessarily making the, that sweet watermelon salty. It's giving you more watermelon taste. And Yeah, it, I think you meant to say there's this misconception that putting salt on watermelon gives it a more watermelon taste because it doesn't. It makes it worse. Okay, I've never tried it, but I thought you were one of those people that liked those type of things. What do you mean those people? I don't know. Trendy people, whatever. Do you put salt in your Bud Light? Uh, no, because I don't drink that. <laughs> right. Well, there's a, a pretty large population of people that do, and they're the same people that put salt on their watermelon. Okay. So, well, you're wrong about salt. It is a flavor enhancer. And MSG in the same way is a flavor enhancer for umami flavors specifically, Phil. So we can use it on things that do have that umami flavor. So Phil, if you were to describe what umami tastes like, how would you? Mm, that's a good question. I feel like umami is, well, it's a little bit salty. It's a little bit meaty, if you know what I mean. It's indescribable. The flavor, okay, it, it's indescribable. Maybe the best way to describe it is to relate it to something else. Umami to me is like the flavor of stir fry. Yes. Like it's, 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 it's like the soy sauce and the ginger and the, I don't know, sushi roll. Like it's just like all things good. Yeah. In life? It, it's probably kind of. I think it's probably like trying to describe salty. How would you describe salty, Phil? I don't know. Uh, describe the color blue. Yeah. Like describe describe salt to someone who has COVID. That right. has had COVID their whole life. Right, 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 right. Like that poor chap can't taste anything. But you said meaty. And I, I do think that that's not a bad place to start for umami. Like umami doesn't have to be a meat flavor because uh, as you mentioned, like vegetables in a stir fry can absolutely have an umami flavor. Uh, you know, we, we talked about cheese. Like cheese is definitely a carrier of umami. Parmesan is like chock full of that. And amazing, Phil. So it's like, it's kind of like that that savory, meaty, warm, like rich, tasty taste. It's yeah. the good tasty taste. Rich, so. tasty taste. That's probably the best definition. I'm actually fairly certain that's what Webster has to say about it. Yeah, I looked it up earlier. Wait, do you think do you think umami was around when Webster wrote the dictionary? Was it around? Could could people taste it? <laughs> I mean, probably. Like, was it a was it a thing? Was it uh, was it discovered? Certainly, MSG wasn't discovered. I think I think people. I mean, Webster's ate food. pretty old. He talks about yeah. the weather. All the time. Probably. I think people ate food that uh, had an umami taste, like, you know, pork and meats. 
of other varieties. And would you say shrimp has an umami flavor? Maybe because that's a meat. Maybe it is meat, meaty, meat desk. Okay, now I have no reason of asking. I was just curious. Okay, uh, but yeah, so MSG, it's it's this flavor enhancer, and you can use it just like salt. You might have like a, a a jar of MSG next to your salt if you're you know so inclined to cook with MSG, and you would you would apply it in a very similar way and kind of similar amounts. So it's really really good on again umami dishes so things like meats and seafoods and soups and broths and vegetables and you know i i would put it in early on and or kind of while you're cooking something again similar applications to salt and in probably similar quantities something like like a half a teaspoon on a meat dish is going to be enough you don't you don't need to go overboard with your pounds and pounds of msg fill Okay, so I've got a question for you, Chris. You're always the one with the questions. I've got a question for you. The other day, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set up a scenario and you're gonna answer it. And okay. life is just gonna be grand. Okay, the other day, Ash and I made ramen because we're like on this huge ramen kick. Ramen is like the greatest thing in the world. And sidebar, Chris, if you have any ramen recipes you wanna throw my way, please do, please do. If any of our lovely listeners have any ramen recipes throw away, in return, I'll share one of my favorite ramen recipes in our show notes. We're making some ramen and I'm making the broth and kind of tasting as I'm going because that's what we do here at Dad's Kitchen. And I had Ashley taste it and I was like, what do you think this needs? And like we kind of talked about it. We dialogued, spent way too much time thinking about what it needs and not actually adding anything to it. But maybe what it just needed was a jar full of MSG. Sure. A jar full would have changed the taste. Yes. Like, we didn't have any. Do you have any in your pantry? I don't have any we, in my pantry. We don't, actually. And I I am uh, kind of eager to, to get some, Phil. Maybe I just should have put Parmesan cheese in it. Maybe. That would definitely give you an umami flavor. And I've actually, I've actually heard of chefs adding that when they feel like something needs a little bit more salt as well. Suppose you're sipping a nice bottle of wine. Definitely calls for MSG. And you're like, you know what this wine needs? Some Parmesan cheese. Some MSG. Yes, Phil. So that is uh, the often ill-talked of MSG, Phil. Well, thanks for Turning my life upside down for the better. Yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, something that could open some doors into increased umami flavor in our kitchens, Phil. I'm going down to H&L tomorrow. I'm going to buy some MSG, and then I'm going to cook with it. Oh, I do have one more question. Would you ever put MSG on your dish after the fact? I Like, okay, you've, 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 think you've it made depends. your stir fry, and your stir fry has, say, some steak. Maybe you made steak stir fry. Could you, like, sprinkle a little MSG on the meat itself? Before you take a bite? If you really want to. What would that do? Would it just like, would it oversalt it, do you think? I'm sure that it can be done in moderation. I don't know, you might get like a little bit of a dusty texture, but that's fine if you really enjoy that. Have fun with your dusty steak, Phil. But definitely not on watermelon. I think I see an Instagram video coming up. And definitely not in a Bud Light. So, uh, Phil, when you post that uh, taste comparison between regular salted and MSG watermelon and trash beer on our Instagram, where can people find that? Oh, Chris, I suppose they could find it on all the social platforms at Dad's Kitchen Co. But only if you're on Instagram, too. I feel like you need to chime in. I would love some Chris comments. 
on the old dad's kitchen page. Okay, tomorrow. Tomorrow it is. It's a date. Five stars, Chris. 